That video is so calming, right? Maybe not. Y'all awake? You ready? <laughs> My name is Brian, if we haven't met before, and I lead two groups here at the Summit Church Jamestown. And it's one of my favorite things that I get to do because during this time of year, uh, we have a groups focus series and we're doing a series called The Hustle. And speaking of my groups, I had a very memorable experience this past Wednesday in my men's group. And our men's group meets on Wednesday morning at Tex and Shirley's at 6.45. And as you can imagine, when you get a group of men around on the table, um, you have some interesting conversation. And those conversations can be serious, they can be funny, and they can be all in between. So this past week, we're talking about doing nice things for our wives. So I talked about how my wife likes fresh flowers. And so recently I thought, you know what, I need to buy her some fresh flowers. And her favorite flower is a tulip, a yellow tulip. So I bought her more than one, and she was really happy about it. She's like, oh, and I was like, yes. You guys know what it's like, and, and some of you, you're like, I'm not a guy, but you know what it's like when you have that yes type moment. Well, one guy pipes in and says, yeah, well, I want to do something nice for my wife. She wanted me to take her to a craft show. And there was like a collective moan around the table. Like, oh. And then he followed that up with saying, and then she wanted to go look around at the farmer's market. Uh, yes, honey. And I can just picture him there, like, just standing there. Like, he, he definitely put it out there, like, I didn't want to go. And some of you guys, you understand. Um, but he said, you know, I, I just I, I love my wife. I was doing this. And he said, but I had a big payoff. And when he said big, big payoff, the guys around the table were like, okay, we know what you're talking about. And so he followed it up by saying the big payoff was she made me green beans. And the guy across the table who was sitting to my right said, green beans? Green beans was your big payoff? He said, I thought it was going to be something good. And I'm going to tell you, I have laughed about that all week. Like, I will never see green beans the same way. Some of you are like, I love green beans, but that was the big payoff. And you know what? I just think that life, uh, when it comes to big payoffs, should be more than green beans. I mean, it's... At least let's give me a steak. I mean, let's, come on, come on. But, but sometimes in our lives, we settle for less than what they could be or should be. And so we want to talk about that a little bit, to that, a little bit about that today. Now, speaking of green, I have a weed problem with my yard. My yard has weeds, and I don't like it. And I wish I dedicated more time to making sure it looked nice, but I dedicate my time elsewhere. And some of you understand what it's like to have a weed problem. There are weeds everywhere. We live in a jungle. Um, my backyard has about 5 billion trees. And for whatever reason, when you have a lot of trees, and you just have a lot of uh, weed problems. And so you have to either pull them all the time or you just have to say, I'm letting it go. And so a lot of times we're just like, I got more important things to do in my life, so I let it go. But I don't like how it looks. I like a beautiful manicured lawn. You know, like when you watch the Masters on TV, and some of you did a couple weeks ago, um, and, and you weren't even here. You were watching the Masters. Um, but you, you watch it, and it's like, wow, that, I want my grass to look like that. I'll tell you, 
it takes a lot of intention and effort to get a nice, beautiful lawn that you want to walk on, maybe even sit on, have a picnic on. Um, but I will tell you that it doesn't take much effort to have a lot of weeds. And you're like, duh. Uh, they just keep coming and coming. I'm like, thanks, nature. Um, they just keep on delivering. And so, and if you don't get them by the, by the roots, they come right back. And I started thinking about weeds and I started thinking about our lives and our lives are a lot like yards. Our lives can produce something beautiful or it can produce something that's unwanted and not desired. And oftentimes we don't even think about it. Again, there's no intention behind some of the things that we do. And so we're not, we're producing things that we really don't want to produce but we're not really thinking about it. And so I want us to dial into that today to have um, maybe take up the level of what our lives are producing, understanding that God has a bigger purpose and plan for you and me in the middle of our hustle and bustle and these busy lives that we all lead because we're all busy. And I started thinking about what Pastor Jonathan said last week, that life is like a marathon. Now, how many of you have ever run a marathon? I'm just curious. Raise your hand. Okay, I see one. Okay, maybe two. Okay, it's not a common thing, right? So when I think he says, life is like a marathon, a lot of people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not, I've got that 0.0 sticker on the back of my car. You've seen those before? So I mean, like, I got one. But I'm only running if it's running away from a bad guy. I mean, it's like, or if I'm in danger. But 26.2 miles is a long way. And the only way you can do it is one step at a time. And the thing is, I've run multiple races. I've run short races, I've run in-between races, and I've run a marathon. And I will tell you that a 5K pace is a lot different than a 26.2-mile pace. Now, I struggle with being a guy that chases the rabbits. And they used to say at the, at the start line, do not chase the rabbits. Do not chase the rabbits. I'm like, I will not chase the rabbit. I will not chase the rabbit. And it's just like, he just chased the rabbit. Chased. He's a wabbit chaser. And I just, this is, it's in me to just go. And so for me to idle back and slow down my pace, it's difficult because there's something in my brain that's just like, run. You know, like when they start, they shoot that gun, it's like, yeah. It's like, it's like watching the Kentucky Derby yesterday, which was, ooh, that was, that was interesting. But you just, I'm like, there's horses. I want to go. And some of you understand what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, I do not understand what, what he's talking about. But what I'm trying to say in all that is our lives are a lot like a race. And Pastor Jonathan was talking about how our lives are a lot like a race. And life is not a sprint. It's more like a marathon, which requires a steady pace. And one of the problems with people like me is I oftentimes get caught up with looking at the other runners. And I want to be where they are. And if they're way faster than me and they can run a better pace, then it can distract me from being focused on what my goal is in the race what my purpose is in the race. And so we have to dial into that and we wanna help you do that better when it comes to your life today. And, and to do that, we're gonna look at some amazing words written by a guy that wrote more books in the New Testament than anyone else. His name is Paul, we've talked about him a lot in here. But Paul has incredible insight on wisdom that's very um, uh, applicable to real everyday life. And I really like the writings of Paul because of that. Yeah, I can say, okay, I can put that into action. 
And so he writes about purpose in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And I want you to check this out. It's going to be on the screens for you to see. But he writes, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? <laughs> well, duh, right? But only one person gets the prize. Hmm. Are you trying to encourage me, Paul? And he goes, so run to win. Now, right here, I think you have to say, what is Paul talking about? When I what I think he's talking about is giving your very best effort. Running your pace. Discovering your pace. And then running that pace. Your very best effort. And it's like I, I tell my kids with school. There's one valedictorian. None of them will be it. And I'm okay with that. I have no expectation. As a matter of fact, if they come home with a C and it's their best effort, I'm going to say, great job, but you're not a C student. No, I won't say that. <laughs> I'm going to say, great job, if it was your best effort. I just want your best effort. And what Paul is writing is, hey, when you're running this race of life, run to win. Run with passion. Give it your very best shot because you've got one life to live. And he continues in the next verse, in verse 25. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. All athletes say no to certain things in order to say yes to a better result. Discipline is required to get there. And a lot of us don't like that D word because it means that we have to say no to some things that we really like. Whether it's what we put in our mouth or it's what we do with our activity. But discipline focuses us in on achieving a greater result tomorrow than what we could achieve today. And so he writes, they do it to win a prize that will fade away. So a regular race, you get a medal. I've got medals. They sit in a drawer. Eventually they're going to rust. I've actually thrown away trophies before because it's like, I don't care. Finisher, yay. Um, but they finishes it this way. But we do it for an eternal prize. He's writing, eternity is at stake. With what we do with our lives, eternity, eternity is at stake. Where people end up and where they spend their lives beyond this life is at stake. So, focus and discipline are important. In verse 26 and the beginning of 27, he writes this. So I run with purpose. And every step, when I read this, I started thinking about my marathon training. And I got to the point where I wanted to figure out my pace. And so in order to do that, I started counting my steps to get to one mile, which is a lot of counting. And I started counting my steps, like, okay, how many steps does it take? Or am I turning over in a minute? And then I started doing math. How many steps does it take for me to get to a mile to run the pace that I want to run? And I would be in races where I would count my steps for multiple miles to make sure I stayed in the rhythm that I wanted to run so that I would have the best race possible based on my training. Purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. Some of you are like, what? Shadow boxing? He, he means like punching the air. He's saying, hey, if you're going to punch somebody, punch them. Punch with purpose. Don't really punch anybody. But punch with purpose. Don't just punch the air. That's silly. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just wasting my life. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. To focus 
on a bigger goal, on a bigger purpose. So the question we have to ask is, what is our purpose? Well, I'll say this. Your race will be determined by your race or your, your, your pace. So live with purpose on purpose. Your race is determined by your pace. So live with purpose on purpose. If you go too fast and you try to take too much on, you're going to flame out, burn out, and you're not going to be good for anything. So it's discovering what in your life is sustainable to find that pace to run the best race with purpose, on purpose. So what is our purpose? I could go person by person and tell you your purpose. I could say, hey, uh, Micah, or I could say, Vanessa, or I could say, Jason. I could go row by row, and you guys would be like, oh, my gosh, this is so boring. He's taking forever. Um, so I'm not going to do that because I know all of our purpose. And you're like, you're arrogant. I don't mean that arrogantly. I truly don't. I'm sorry. I don't. But our purpose is laid out to us by God, which I love. Like, there's no guesswork when you look and you read about what Jesus said about our purpose. And we talked about it in our last series. But in John 13, verses 34 and 35, he talks about loving others as you've been loved. Well, how did Jesus love us? He, well, he gave his life. He died for us. So we had forgiveness of sins. Love others as you've, been, as you've been loved is your purpose. And what I'm reminded of is that your purpose is always tied to people. Loving others is people. And so your purpose is always tied to people. And if you find yourself going, what is my purpose? It always involves the people. Start with the people around you and go from there. I've sat with two guys in the hospital in the last six months who had massive heart attacks. And both of them said, I'm trying to find my purpose in all this. And I'm like, I know your purpose. And they're like, what? I said, your purpose is tied to people. You have an experience now that is unique to you. And it's tied to helping people who will probably experience the same thing you're experiencing. So I want to talk about this purpose a little bit more because some of you are like, but we're all different. We all, we're, we're individuals. So how can your purpose be the same? Well, that's where purpose and path get confused quite often. So we're going to talk about the differences between purpose and path. Our purpose, as we talked about, is the same for all of us to love others as we've been loved. Now, this is certainly for Christ followers. Some of you are like, I might not be a Jesus follower yet, but this is for Christ followers. And I'll, I'll come back to you if you're not a Christ follower yet. But same for all of us, to love others as we've been loved. But our path is unique because we all have different strengths. We all have different gifts. And so our, our, our path is unique and it's gonna take different turns based on all that. Our purpose, it never changes. It stays the same. It doesn't vacillate. It's not an up and down type of thing. We know what it is. Jesus laid it out. It's clear. And that, to me, it's one of those most compelling reasons to be a Jesus follower because to, to have the purpose and mission to love other people as you've been loved by Jesus, that's a pretty stinking awesome mission and purpose. And it's very clarifying because you go, I know what I want to do in my life. I mean, it's very attractive to think about being loved sacrificially. And then when you realize that and you receive it, then it becomes more attractive to give it and to share it. Your path, it changes. Like a month ago, the custodian here at our school, who's part of our Summit Church family now, Myron, you've probably seen Myron in the hallway. But Myron, he opens the doors for us every week and he gets here really early in the morning. He gets the doors all open and the lights turn on and make sure we're all set up for success. But he came to me in tears and said, Brian, I've been diagnosed with cancer. And it's just, when you hear that C word, your, your life kind of stops. 
And, and so I'm like, Myron, I'm so sorry. And it was right before we left. The next week he came in that morning and I had our setup team get around Myron and we prayed for him. And Myron, he's like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what my future holds, but his path was changing. This morning he walks in with our setup team. And he said, I just want y'all to know, I went to the doctor this past week and I'm cancer free. And he really had no explanation. Isn't that good? Myron's story has now expanded, y'all. And I think that's incredible. And you know what? We're all eventually going to die. We all know that. Like my father, he had cancer. He passed away. And I'm at peace with it. I'm so glad he knew Jesus. I'm at peace with it. You know, we have a, our, our chances of death are one out of one. It's going to happen. But what we're talking about here is living with a purpose that taps into eternity, knowing that we have life beyond this life. Our path changes depending on our circumstances and what we encounter. And sometimes they're great and sometimes they're terrible, but God has a purpose in all of it. Your purpose is also from God. It's a vertical deal. It's from God. Love others as I've loved you sacrificially. But our path is often determined between God and you. It's God and you and your time with him. When you, as you spend time reflecting, which is vast, so valuable when you spend time reflecting. When you spend time and you look back at this past year and go, man, what have I been proud of? What have I been able to accomplish through the power of God? It gives you direction. When you spend time reading your Bible, it gives you direction. When you spend time in prayer, it gives you direction. When you discipline yourself, you begin to see yourself understanding God's will, his ways, and his purpose being lived out in your life through the path. Your purpose also answers the questions of what and why. Why love people? Because Jesus loved me. What am I supposed to do? Love people because Jesus loved me. I love the simplicity of that. But our path is all about how we express that love. It's about who we express the love to based on our circles and where we're sent, when we do it, and where. It changes all the time. Our purpose is the most important thing that we could ever know and live out. There's nothing more important. There's nothing more supreme than loving others as you've been loved. But our path, our path, it serves the purpose. And the problem that often happens is that, is that we elevate our path over purpose. And when we do that, the path becomes uh, focused on us as opposed to being focused on our purpose, which is to love others as we've been loved by Jesus. And so we got to be very careful. It's a very uh, slight shift that can make our life off-center. And in our hustle and busy, we can oftentimes begin to become me, me, me focused rather than others focused. So your race is determined by your pace. So live with purpose, on purpose. And now as I was thinking about this and wanting to live a life with intentionality and focus and to help you all take the next steps in that. I started thinking about what happened this past Tuesday night, April the 30th at UNC Charlotte. And when I say that, some of you instantly know what I'm referring to. 
In a, a liberal arts classroom that evening, there were students giving their presentations. Uh, the, the, the semester is about to end. And then walks someone with a gun and he decides to start shooting. And people all in the room, it's chaos. They're running, trying to protect their lives with the exception of one young man. And you may know that Riley Howell from Waynesville, North Carolina, decided he was going to charge the gunman to try to save lives. In the process of running into the danger, he was shot at point blank range as he knocked the gunman off his feet and then allowed the police officers to get in to handcuff him and to keep him from hurting anyone else. In the process, he saved probably several lives. Riley Howell is a hero. And I asked myself, what would possess a 21-year-old male to go in and do something like that? I believe he knew he had purpose, that his life wasn't about him, that his life was about loving others as Jesus has loved him. And when I hear a story like that, I'm inspired to want to live a life with more focus and intentionality and to find wherever that pace is to run the best race possible. Because what I understand is that the payoff is much bigger than green beans. So regardless of what that is for you, I want to help you take a next step. And I'm going to do something a little bit unconventional. I'm going to pray for us. Then I'm going to come back and talk for a few more minutes about what those potential next steps could be. And then I'm going to let you go and uh, say we'll go from there. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the men and the women and the kids that call the Summit Church Jamestown home. I thank you so much that you have invited us to run a race with our lives that counts for more than what uh, we're experiencing now. We thank you for series like The Hustle that help us to really evaluate our busyness and help us to do busy better. And I pray that you would help us to take the next step, whatever that next step is, to not just receive your love, but then to share it and to say yes to you in that way. So we thank you for this time. Thank you for these people. Pray this in Jesus' name.